Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? The sleeping child you're holding is the great. thank the Lord right there. Can we just lift our hands and just say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I, I wanted to bring a message this morning about the reason for the season. The reason for the season. We've heard this, that phrase so many times growing up. It was a, it was a great phrase that we used even when I was a teenager, but there is a reason for the season, and his name is Jesus. Today, we're lifting up the name of Jesus. In this place, we're lifting up the name of Jesus. Jesus, Christ, Christmas. He is the reason. I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. If you look at with me, we know that the baby in, in, the, in the book of Luke, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, the angels said, well, you'll, be fine. you'll find them lying in a manger. This little baby... Let me just say something. Really big things come in small packages. Really big things come in small packages. In John chapter 1, I want us to read together John chapter 1, 1 through 18. It says this, in the beginning, before all time, before time was time, in the beginning. Can you say with me, in the beginning? Before all time was the Word, who? Christ. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God Himself. And He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him. And without Him, not even one thing was made that... Can you go back to that, please? I still need to read it. Not even one thing was made that has come into being. Can you read that with me? And without Him, who? Jesus. And without Him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. Let's go on. In him was life and the power to bestow life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb, absorb it, and it is unreceptive to it. Next. He, Christ, verse 10, he, Christ, was in the world, and the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was, was his own, that which belonged to him, his world, his creation, his possession. And those who were his own people, the Jewish nation, did not receive him and welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, in other words, and the privilege to become children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Can you say amen to that this morning? 
who were born not of blood, natural blood, not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God. That is a divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. And the Word, can we read this together? Let's read it on together. Let's finish it. And the Word, Christ, became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory, glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, a Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. John testified repeatedly about him and has cried out, testifying officially for the record with validity and relevance. This was he whom I said, he who comes after me as higher, has a higher rank than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me. For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing, in other words, upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. For the law was given through Moses, but grace the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one, I'll finish this. No one has ever seen God. His essence, his divine nature at any time, the one and only begotten. That is the unique son who is in the intimate presence of the father. He has explained him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the father. Can you say amen? I want us to go back in the, in the scripture. It says this. It says that, it says this, it says, I lost my point. I've lost my place. Have you ever lost your place? Thank you for Jesus. He helps us find our place. I want you to say that, I want, I want to share with you for a second, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ laid the foundation. Before the foundations of the, word, of the world, before anything, Jesus, the Father, the Son, the, God, the Holy Spirit, God together said, this is the plan. And aren't you glad that there was a time, because the Bible says there was an appointed time that Jesus came, and when he came, everything began. It says in Galatians 3, chapter 21, and 20, uh, uh, chapter 3, Galatians 3, 18 and 19, this means that the covenant between God and Abraham was fulfilled in Messiah and cannot be altered. How many of you know that you're the seeds of Abraham? We are the seeds of Abraham. It says this means that the covenant between God and Abraham was fulfilled in Messiah and cannot be altered, yet the written law was not given, even given to Moses until 430 years later, after God had signed his contract with Abraham. The law then doesn't supersede the promise since the royal proclamation was given before the law. If that were the case, it would have nullified what God said to Abraham. We receive, say with me, we receive. We receive all the promises because of the promise one, not because we keep the law. Amen. Now let's read verse 19. Why then was the law given? It was meant to be an intermediary agreement added after God gave the promise of the coming one. It was given to show men how guilty they are 
and it remained in force until the seed, say with me, the seed, until the seed was born to fulfill the promise given to Abraham. Jesus was the seed born. When God gave the law, he didn't give it to them directly, for he gave it to first the angels, then he gave it to Moses, his mediator, who then gave it to the people. Let me just say this. Let me talk about the law for a second, because I want to talk about grace. How many are glad for the grace of God? Let's talk about the law. The law has two functions. On the positive side, it reveals the nature and the will of God, the law, and shows people how to live. On the negative side, say with me, the negative side. On the negative side, it points out people's sins and shows them that it is impossible to please God by trying to obey all of his laws completely. God looked in advance and he says, yeah, Jesus, you're going to need to go. Because it's not possible, it's not possible for anyone to completely, 100%, all the time, obey the law and get it perfectly right. There's only one who ever did that. His name is Jesus. I'm going to tail in on that in a minute. We're talking about the law and grace for a moment. We're talking about the King of Kings. We're talking about the Lord of Lords. We're talking about Emmanuel, God with us. On the positive side, it reveals the law, the nature, and the will of God and shows people how to live. On the negative side, it points out people's sins and shows them that, that it is impossible to please God by trying to obey all of his laws completely because we can't do it. Ain't going to happen. God knew this. Jesus had to come. God's promise to Abraham dealt with Abraham's faith. You see, faith is greater than the law. Grace of God. Abraham, God's promise to Abraham dealt with Abraham's faith. The law focuses on actions. Our actions have to be perfect. But we already, as we already stated, that's not going to happen. The covenant with Abraham, I want you to hear this. The covenant with Abraham shows that faith is the only way to be saved. 430 years before there was a law, there was a promise and a covenant between God and Abraham. 400, say with me, 430 years before the law was a covenant, and it was based on faith. Why is that important? Because it is by faith that we are saved. I want to, the covenant with Abraham shows the faith is only the way to be saved. The law shows us how to obey God in grateful response to our faith. Let me say that again. The law shows us how to obey God in our grateful response to us coming to know God. So in this world today, there are, people say, well, there are no absolutes. There is. It's in the Word of God. There are absolutes. God's Word does not change. We talked about last week that there's a, there's a church today. There, there, it's in the church. It's some of the church that, that there is a mindset of, well, God surely doesn't mean this today. He meant it then, but, you know, times change. For the Word of God says He's the same today, yesterday, yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He does not change. His Word will not change. And matter of fact, every jot and tittle, every, every 
T, cross T, every dotted I, is going to be fulfilled. And matter of fact, he wants us. He says, be holy as I am holy. Now, I'm not going to recant my message from last week. Get it. But now, let me just say this, that, there, 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 that God, the covenant of Abraham shows that there is faith. And faith is only by, uh, uh, shows that faith is the only way to be saved. The law shows us how to obey God in grateful response to that. So our heart, because God gave us his son, Jesus came, it's so that, and we get overwhelmed. How many are grateful and are in love with Jesus? When we get in love with Jesus, when we love him with all of our heart, when we love our Father, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Let me ask you a question, what's left? He gave us his all. And he says, what should your response be? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he brings even greater clarity to it, all of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your mind, and all of your strength. Our response to the faith The covenant with Abraham shows faith is the way, and the law shows how to obey God in grateful response. Faith does not annul the law, but the more we know God, the more we see how sinful we are. Have you noticed that? It's not a beat your chest moment. It's a humble before yourself, before God. Say, Father, thank you. I need you, Jesus, every day of my life. I take up my cross today, and I follow you. Verse 19 and 20, verse 19 of what I just read. Let me jump to something else because of time. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and man. Who is that? Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus. The Word of God says it. The man, Christ Jesus. Completely God, completely man. Before faith in Christ delivered us, before our faith in Christ, before Christ delivered us, we were imprisoned by sin. Anybody remember that day? Beaten down by past mistakes, and we were choked by desires that we knew were wrong. God knew we were sins prisoners, but he provided a way of escape by faith in Christ Jesus. Without Christ, everyone is held in the sin's grasp, and only those who place their faith in Christ ever get out of it. So look to Christ this morning. If you're bound, look to Christ, and you'll be free. Jesus was the mediator. There's, I already said it, big things come in small packages. It's hard to comprehend, isn't it, that Jesus left the throne. He left heaven. He left his position, and he came as a baby. Does that blow you away? That blows me away. I think about it and go, what was that like, Jesus? 
the one we read just a moment ago, Ashley, I think it blows my mind. David, Michael, Jaron, it blows me away that the one who created everything came, they didn't recognize him, but he came, he humbled himself, and he gave his life. It blows me away. What was that like? You were born. And then you experienced for 30 years, nobody but a few people knew who you were. Even how you were born, think about it. He left heaven, and now he's in a manger wrapped in swaddling strips of cloth. Are you kidding me? Meh. That was his welcome. Meh. Okay, so you, you get the idea. He's in a stable with hay. No room in the inn. The Jesus. Sometimes I think we forget. To me, this Christmas is way beyond just a gift. It's about a love story. It's about willingness to take my burden, willingness to come because there was no other way. There was no other way except for him to come. Oh, it's far more than the precious moments, little figurine. Oh, I love the, my mom, my, my mom used to collect those little figurines and the little big eyes and little Jesus in the little manger filled with hay and everybody's precious moments, right? Some of you are like, I've never seen those before. Well, look them up. They're on the internet. You'll see them. But it's way bigger than that. It's huge. No wonder the angels say, rejoice, glory to God in the highest peace on earth. Be still, God has favored man for King Jesus is here. Wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. I guarantee you this, he's not coming back the same way. <laughs> Whoa, read Revelation about how he's coming back. And he's not, he's not dinking around. He's coming to rule. He's coming to reign. But he came at first as a baby. No fanfare. Only a few knew. Only a few. Only a few. Think about the story. Christmas. Christ came. It blows my mind. I can't comprehend how. I'd love to talk to Jesus and say, how is that like? You left, you, the one who created everything, came into your creation and became man like us. Wow. That's a wow. Think of, just chew on that. Sit, put on your favorite worship CD 
and, or just listen and just get out in the creation that he made and think about the one who came for you. The reason for the season. So much more. Sometimes we get in a mode of, well, we gotta go here and we're gonna eat dinner here and we're gonna have this there and we're gonna eat a bunch of sweets here and a bunch of sweets there and a bunch of sweets here. Gotta make Christmas cookies. Gotta, gotta definitely gotta get presents because you know he's our presents and so we're gonna get presents. But I want this season to know, to know, to know what God did for you and me. Party to party, tinsel, all that stuff, wonderful, great. But man, let's grasp the depth of what God's done for us. This was no simple thing. This was, everything about it was amazing. He shows up to Mary, who never had a baby before, and says, you're going to be pregnant. It won't be by your, your, your husband, who you're betrothed to, your fiance. It's going to be by the hand of God. Every part of it is a miracle. And here's the thing. Every part of what he provided for you and for me it was a miracle. Amazing God. How can it be that you, my God, would die for me? God became flesh and he dwelt among us. Oh, he's so worthy of our praise this morning. Oh, he's so worthy. Jesus. I want you to read with me some of what Jesus provided. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, 5 through 10, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. He raised us up. Who did our Father raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And guess what happened? We ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Okay, so God came, sent his son, Jesus came, the one who created, and he made a way when there was no way. And he didn't stop there. Think about everything he's done for you. He says, now you have a new position. Me? Me? The created has a position? He says in his word, he says, now we are raised with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now, are you kidding me? Co-seated with Christ. God, are you kidding me? You're amazing. What did I do to deserve that? My grace. My love. 
Oh, is he worthy of our praise this morning? God, what did I do to deserve any of this? Nothing. 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 You didn't deserve my grace, but I gave you my mercy so I can pour out my grace. We deserve judgment, not his love. He says, he raised us up with Christ. Now we're co-seated with Christ. Wow. Through the coming ages, throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Hey, for it was only... Listen, it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn the salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works of human striving. We have become his poetry. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're a song made by God. When you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a song, you're a poetry that God can't wait to share. This is my kids. Everybody from all, he says, he says for what? All the ages to come. Where did I go? It's, it's, ah. Uh, what verse? 10. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that we will fulfill the destiny we, he has given each of us. Turn to somebody next to you and say, he's got a destiny for you. Jesus didn't just come to save you. He says, I've got a purpose for you. I've got a destiny for you. Plug into it. Some of you, this is a word for somebody. Some of you, you've been battling your, you've been battling against a wall, against a wall, against a wall where you think you should go, but you need to re-engage in the spirit realm and ask God, God, what is it you want me to do? Oh, guess what happens? Doors open. Get God's perspective. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And in all your ways, every step of the way, ask him. And he will direct your path. Sometimes we get fixed on a specific thing that we think we need or we need to do or go or be. And God's like, okay, let me give you my perspective because I have a destiny for you. And so we can begin to manipulate things. And I've said this many times. Sometimes we don't wait for God to give us a key. We go to the trunk, get a crowbar, and pry open the door. And it doesn't work that way. You're going to go around a mountain, a mess, until you get it right, get the key. Anybody with me this morning? 
you keep battling and getting against the wall. Now, you got a God dream. Yes, you're going to contend for that God dream because you only need God. Only God can make that God dream happen. Hold fast to the God dream. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we're determined to do something and we keep hitting a wall, but yet God is saying, whoa, hold the phone. I've got a different plan for you. Seek him. We have become as poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For you're joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance. Whoa. He not only planned in, in advance to save us, he planned in advance to use us. Our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. I want to close this message this morning by declaring to you, because the grace of God will sustain you. It's by the grace of God that we come to know the reason for the season, Jesus. It's because of him. And if you're looking for a breakthrough, it's already been provided through Jesus Christ. God is the God of breakthrough. And he wants you to walk in that, what he's already been provided for you. Jesus was a man full of grace. It wasn't a grace that was one-dimensional to get a ticket out of hell and into heaven. It was a grace that we need and that was needed to live an empowered life. When Jesus came, I'm telling you, big things come in small packages. The reason for the season. He came to, to reveal to us an empowered life. He showed us how to do it. It says, it says this the, the, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all of grace abound to you. Say with me, all grace. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. There's a lot of alls there. I'm going to read it again because I must not have given it to our guys to put up there. So 2 Corinthians 9, 8, look it up on your phone or whatever. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in what? Every good work. There's a lot of alls. Look it up. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. You may be saying, well, hold up. That's in a passage, Pastor Nolan, where we're talking about giving. Yes, it is. You're right. But take another look at the occurrences of the word all, A-L-L, -L, all in this passage. Why? Because they are a comprehensive statement of the grace of God. His ability to give flows out of abundance. You see, God will always relate to you in grace. And he has all the grace that you need. Good time to say Hallelujah. Unless you just don't comprehend that phrase. Whew, did I go over your head? Shouldn't. God will always relate to you in grace, and he has all the grace that you need. But it is a grace related to the need or the needs of another's life that you stop out or in touch or you're engaged. You're flowing. 
You're in his presence and you're giving. We want to get tomorrow's, we won't get tomorrow's grace today. Say it with me. I won't get tomorrow's grace today. Why? I'll get today's grace. I don't need to search out for tomorrow's grace. I'll get it when I get there. I work on today. And Bible says today's, today's strong enough. Just work on being Jesus today and flowing in my grace today, and I'll work everything out tomorrow. Come on. Sometimes we're so worried about our tomorrow that today gets all screwed up or forgotten. But there's an assignment for today. There's an attitude to carry today. There is being like Jesus today. That sometimes we're so looking at tomorrow that today gets all screwed up. So he's given us sufficiency for today. Grace for the moment. Grace for the day. Because you know, if we lose concentration on the day, and we lose concentration, and we lose, the Bible says, to fix your thoughts on what, who he is, on the greatness, on, the, on, on the, all the beautiful things, and all, fixed on the kingdom. But why? Because as we do that, we're fixed on his presence, we're fixed on the word, we're fixed on the kingdom. Then when we move into any situation, we see what needs to be changed that's not like the kingdom. For thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a matter of relationship. It's a matter of flow. It's a matter of releasing God's grace coming to you as you step out in faith. So therefore, I walk into a situation or a day, I don't, listen, we, I, at the end of the day, we should just be like, man, God, that was an amazing day of you re releasing through me and touching me by your grace so that many lives were touched today. Someone heard a positive word because I wasn't looking at tomorrow, I was flowing in grace today. If you had a picture of your belly button and you put it up on your refrigerator, that would not be a very good picture, would it? Just, okay, a snapshot. Let's get, a, let's get your smartphone and take a picture of your belly button and sit it up on your refrigerator for you to observe. How, how wonderful would that be? It's, okay, so imagine being able to look down and go around and go, oh, there's my belly button. Seems, seems, okay, so it seems ludicrous, right? It seems, it's like, what are you talking about? Sometimes, though, we can be, like, so introspective looking at our own belly button. And we, <laughs> that's pretty depressing. Um, for some of us, it's more depressing than others. Some of us, we haven't seen it in years. Someone would definitely have to take a picture of it because there's no way we're going to see it. I say that to say this. It's funny, but that's how funny we are about being introspective when there's a whole world that's ready to be touched and we're too busy looking at our own belly button. And if you think how silly that is, that's how silly it is to be caught up in your own stuff when Christ has provided all the freedom that you need. <laughs> so don't forget about the belly button. 
It'll be a conversation at every lunch table today. Hey, that belly button thing. Or you can remind somebody, say, you having a belly button moment? Attitude check. Praise the Lord. God relates to you in his grace, and he has all the grace that you need. God has grace available for every situation. And he says in Ephesians, I'm sorry, not Ephesians, Hebrews 4.16. I love this. God's throne is literally called the throne of grace. That's not the one I'm going to, guys, yet. A uh, different one. But thank you. Jesus obeyed God perfectly. I want you to hear this. When Jesus came as a man, he obeyed God perfectly. Why is that important? Just imagine what kind of power and ministry you would have if you never sinned. If you never sinned, what kind of anointing would you flow in? What kind of, uh, what, 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 well, let me just say this. How many of you know that Paul says, it's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me? Track with me. Jesus never sinned. And his power and his life is in me. When God says, be holy, as I am holy, he doesn't give you a command that's impossible to do. You have Christ in you. The Bible says, we are the righteousness, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in him. I'm a partaker of his divine nature, and on me he will not impute sin. He sees me. He sees you under his grace. When we come to know Jesus, we're brand new, and we have Jesus inside of us, and we are considered righteous. You're not a sinner any longer. You're a saint. So live up to your identity. You're not a sinner. Oh, we used to, I used to actually sing that song. I've told you that. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I used to sing that song. Bad theology. I don't sing it anymore. I'm a saint. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint who used to be a sinner saved by grace. Big difference. You need to walk in your identity. If you're always walking around saying, well, I'm just a sinner, well, you're going to be a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Thank God, I'm just, thank God he saved me, I'm just a sinner. Well, you're going to live up to your identity. Come on, anybody with me this morning? Okay, let me finish this. God is grace available for every situation that is over and above the need. Christ is in us. I, I want us to recant just for a moment as I close this. 
what grace has done. You see, what Jesus did, because Jesus came, we go beyond just forgiveness of our sins, but we are empowered in Christ. You're empowered. You're not somebody just trying to eat by, I just hope I can get by another day. I just, I just hope I can get by. No, you're empowered in Christ. Before Christ, we struggle for righteousness while we're trying to work to be righteous, living in the law because he came. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Can I hear a hallelujah? Come on. Because he came, we journey from the cross. It's finished, though. The Bible says it's finished. What is it? Everything we need to live an amazing life distributed to us by God's grace that we may abound in every good work. So we're not, listen, many people are stuck at the foot of the cross on a journey to the cross while thinking they're serving their Savior who's still on the cross. But let me tell you, the, let me show you the end from the beginning. He's alive. He's arisen. He's no longer dead. He's alive. So we're not trying to flow to the cross. We're flowing from the cross. We look ahead into this Christmas story, and Jesus died. He lived a perfect life. He did not sin once, and he died for you and me. He didn't deserve any of it, but he took all of it. The reason for this season is looking ahead to the cross, and he died on it, but he was buried, and on the third day, he arose. <coughs> Could you hand me that water down there, please? Thank you, my brother. Thank you. See, you can't look at Christmas and not look at the resurrection. You can't look at Christmas and not look at back at how it all began. And the amazing love of God that he would create us and he know we would be dysfunctional. He know we wouldn't be able to handle it. And he says, you know what, son? You're going to have to go. Do you know Jesus permanently has a body now? Because of you and me? Do you know that? Did you know that? Read, read the word. It's in there. But many people are stuck at the foot of the cross or on a journey to the cross while thinking they're serving the Savior still on the cross. But let me tell you something this morning. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. God's word says that he, and we are seated with him. You got to know who you are. You got to know whose you are, and you got to know who you are and walk this life by grace through faith every day. Let me finish by giving you this last Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. And guys, get that video ready. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Oh, Jesus. For he faced 
all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us, what? Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, will be, there we will receive his mercy, and we will find, what? Grace to help us when we need it most. Let me tell you something, folks. You'll never be tempted beyond what you can bear. You're a child of God. You cannot dwell on the no and yet say yes. You say yes to God, and it's easy to say the no. I t I've taught on temptation many times. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's only a sin when you allow it to rest. It's like the bird sitting in your hair. You shoo it away. You don't let it make a nest. Same with your thoughts. You have power over anything you think. And whenever there's an invasion of thought that's counter to the Word of God, you say, I'm saying yes to God, and I'm saying no to that. I will not dwell upon that to where I'm acting out what I'm thinking. So therefore, I see this is where we get off because we're not walking in the Word, so therefore we're not dwelling and meditating on the Word. If we are, we're like a tree planted by the water, bears much fruit in every season. But when we don't meditate on the Word and we're not thinking, meditating is muttering, it's talking, it's reviving, it's reliving, it's saying, it's declaring the Word, and it's flowing in and through our life. It's so much a part of us that we're saying it, we're declaring it, we're meditating on it, so that we're living it. And so we're not just a hearer of the Word, we do the Word. So therefore, we are living triumphantly by the grace of God every single day of our life. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. But right here, everybody do this for me, right here. Okay, so you don't forget it. The mind is key to your success in the kingdom. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, let's come back to that. Jesus Christ was tempted in every way, but yet did not sin. Remember, you have him living inside you. Jesus Christ is the high priest of the church. Say with me, I'm the church. Now look around you and say, we are the church. That's a comfort. It's so comforting to know we're not alone. He's always with us. We have our brothers and sisters that we hang out with. That's awesome news for us, though. Why? Because the role of the high priest in the Old Testament was to re represent the people before God. The Israelites couldn't just come into the place, presence of God. No, uh -uh, that ain't going to happen until Jesus shows up. <laughs> without a priest, the Israelites could not come in the Old Testament without a priest opening the way by offering sacrifices that gave the worshiper access to God. Now, Jesus offered the ultimate sacrifice. And by his precious blood, we have access to the throne of grace in which we can daily come boldly and receive. Hebrews 6.20 says, tells us that Jesus is a high priest forever. Our Savior is also our high priest who can sympathize us with us. Listen to this. Why is that important? Why is that important? Even though God the Father knows everything because he's omniscient, he has never experienced human pain because he is a spirit. God the Father has never been hungry or thirsty. He has never felt our physical needs or pains. But in Jesus, 
but in Jesus. You remember the one who created everything and he came and he took human form as a baby. Jesus. The reason for the season? Jesus. He experienced every single temptation that we've experienced, but did not sin. Jesus can explain experientially to his father what you were talking about. God, I'm hurting. Jesus has felt what you feel and has been tempted like you're tempted in every category. And there is no area of your life that Jesus can't relate to and interpret to his father for and yet and intercede for you. He's ever interceding. What did we deserve? How did we deserve this? We didn't. We can't. We just receive the grace of our almighty God. You may not even have the words you need to express yourself, but Jesus can say, I know what you mean. (laughs) I know what you mean. Jesus experienced everything you will ever experience and more. He can sympathize with you and I, for he is our high priest. I want, we've played this video before. Kathy, if you'll come. But we played this video before. I want, I want to play it again so that we finish this reason for the season by our brother describing our Savior. Let's do it. Matter of fact, you can stand and just celebrate with me as we play this video. Play it, guys. Says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-trained of wisdom. He's a 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just together, I, can we just lift up a big shout to the King of Kings? Come on, let's just lift up a shout to the King. Hallelujah! Jesus! I love you, Jesus. You are the reason, you are the reason for the season. Jesus, if you just bow your heads just for a moment, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus. He's here for you. He's here for you. He's here for you. I'm going to have our altar team come right now. I just sense that there are some here that you're battling addictive things. There's addictions that are going on in your life. They're cyclical. Today is a day for freedom. Oh, this little one that came um, when he lived his perfect life and he died on the cross and he said it is finished he said it's finished everything you need to succeed in this life there's nothing that you're holding there's nothing that currently is binding you that can bind you anymore when Jesus frees you so I want to encourage you this morning I sense that there's some that are you dealing with addiction to come and get freedom if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's your day. If you need healing in your body, today's your day. Jesus provided everything we need. He's perfect. And his grace is sufficient for all. Our Father's grace is sufficient for all that you need. In just a moment, I'm just going to release you to come. Don't forget this season. Let this come so deep with inside you 
that it carries on every day of your life the reason for your salvation, the reason for the season, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I just pray in this room that every life, Holy Spirit, come and move in every life. And I pray that whatever is needed, whatever despair, whatever problem, whatever whatever addiction or affliction is on any life today, in the name of Jesus, I declare freedom that's been provided at Calvary. That we begin to flow not to the cross, but from the cross in our mindset and in our life. And I declare freedom to every life in this room today. Holy Spirit, have your way. I want us to sing this song. You're the name above all names. Kiave, Kathy. And I want to encourage you to come if you need prayer of any kind. Some of the things that I've mentioned, I want to encourage you to come. It's between you and God. Sometimes you need to share and say, I need help. Sometimes we need agreement, the power of agreement. Sometimes you need a touch. Some of you may need a touch from God. You're flowing on empty, and some of the, one of these guys will pray with you to fill you back up again. You can pray that, but sometimes it's powerful in agreement. There's an impartation for you. So I want to encourage you. But I want us to sing this verse to Jesus. Because you're the name above all names. your blessing upon your people. May they remember every day whose they are. Whose they are and who they are. In Jesus' name, we're children of Almighty God. We're joint heirs. Oh my Father with Christ. We're seated in heavenly places and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us and we'll always remember the reason for the season in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. God bless you. Get to know somebody in the foyer. If you need prayer, come this way. Please come.